You are listening to Currents, a podcast of Big Ocean Women. Today's episode is a part of our Special Voices series, recorded on location at the United Nations Commission on the Status of Women in New York City. Today we will be listening to a conversation with Leslie Grossman, Faculty Director of the Executive Women's Leadership Program at George Washington University, myself, Shelley Spots, and Anne Takasaki, a member of the Board of Big Ocean Women. Leslie is the author of Link Out, How to Turn Your Network into a Chain of Lasting Connections. The Currents podcast aims to gather women who are deliberate thinkers, women who are prepared to engage as powerful forces for good in their homes, their communities, and the world. I am today's host, Shelley Spots. Welcome to the show. All right, why don't you share with us who you are and sort of what your purpose is in coming to the UN this year? Okay, I'd be delighted to. Uh, I'm Leslie Grossman, and uh, I have multiple roles, as most women do. I'm uh, the faculty director and main uh, trainer for the Executive Women's Leadership Program at George Washington University, the Center of Excellence in Public Leadership down in Washington, D.C. So that we present programs to move women up into leadership positions. Um, in addition to that, I'm an executive coach, work particularly 90% with women. I also work with men who are great supporters of women. I am a former serial entrepreneur, having started a number of businesses, including the Women's Leadership Exchange, which is a 10-year-long conference program that we did all around the United States uh, to help women that had small businesses grow them into one million plus revenue businesses so that they could impact more people, just not only be successful, but help their employees be successful, help their communities be successful, and really just change the world in the, each their own way. Great. I'm also a mom and a grandmother. Oh, fun. So those are important roles for me too. How many kids and grandkids do you have? I have two kids and I have three grandchildren. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, do you want to share a little bit about uh, your program that you teach women and, and the advice you have for them? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, every program that, that I present, and particularly the GW program as well, and this goes back to even Women's Leadership Exchange and to entrepreneurs, the main thing is that we all need to have a vision, a vision for our business, a vision for our career, a vision for our life. And when we are very clear on what that looks like, we can actually make it happen. Uh, a vision being like, what do we want our business or our life to look like five years from now? Or maybe 10 years from now? Um, and be as specific as we can. Because once we know what that is, we can then set the road to get there. Often we start things and we just don't identify that and so often and, and I see this often with careers we sort of take what comes along rather than setting the the vision of where where we want to go and in fact there's been research on this and uh, there was a big story in the Harvard Business Review when they compared men to women they said that one of the differences as women in the corporate world was that Men always set a vision for where their career was going to go. Women 
didn't. Or maybe they did, but they kept it to themselves. So if we even have it in our heads, we need to get it out there. And so we talked about this at yesterday's program here at the United Nations, um, part of the CSW, is number one, we need to identify what that vision is. And then we have to begin to share it with people and share it with influencers that can help us get there. I actually wrote a book called Link Out, uh, How Do You Build Trusted Relationships? Right to take it there. It's not networking, although I will tell you that the publisher made me put networking in the title because on Amazon... It's a, it's a trendy title. Right, right exactly. Yeah. But it really isn't about networking. Right. It's not meeting as many people as you can. It's about meeting enough people, the right people, that can help you take your business or your career to where you want it to go, to that vision. Right. And at the same time, by the way, it's helping them as well. It's a collaborative relationships. A, it's not a one-way street. A type of reciprocity. Exactly. Where you are offering what you have to offer and in return accepting what they have to offer. Right. And it's, I, th I sometimes think women feel like they are asking too much when they engage in that sort of a networking type relationship that they are asking someone to do something for nothing. And what they fail to realize is the vast resources that they have to give in return. And so if we can make that move from looking at something as networking to looking at it as building lasting connections and relationships, then I think that that can have a profound impact on how we, as women, put ourselves forward into, into different spaces and places. I agree 100%. You're hundred percent. It is, we have to realize how much we have to give, but, and then it's okay to also ask for ourselves. Right. And one of the ways to ask is actually by sharing your vision. Yeah. And, uh, but I do also in networking situations when you're meeting someone, because a lot of women say, well, I don't really, I don't want to go to networking events because I am uncomfortable. And, uh, I say you should go to places where you can meet people, but don't feel you have to gather a million cards. Right. If you meet one or two people that you have something in common with, that's a win. Well, and it needs to be more about the quality connection versus the quantity connection. Exactly, exactly. And one of the best ways to get started is to go into an event or even a one-to-one -one, uh, when you're going out to coffee with somebody, which might be the next step, is to be curious about them. Right. Ask them questions about themselves. And then we don't have to know our elevator pitch, which I'm not really in favor of the whole elevator pitch <laughs> thing personally. I think it's about getting to know the other person because then when we ask them about themselves, we can make the connection of what they're interested in with what we're interested in. Right. It actually gives us an advantage right. to be more interested in them. Well, and the more you know about them, the more you can connect your needs to what they have to offer and what you have to offer to their needs. Exactly. So you could have two people riding the same elevator going somewhere and if you don't engage in that discussion, you don't know if you have something to give to each other. You don't have you don't have any place of common interest. So Exactly. It sounds a lot like my um, 
My husband is fond of giving our almost adult children, especially our daughters, dating advice. And he, he always says to them two things. He says, you know what, just ask the person about themselves because they're always saying, well, I don't know what to talk about. Right. And then the second thing he says, and I tell my students this all the time, is that it's important to thrive in the awkward. There are a lot of situations where we feel awkward, and if we start avoiding those situations, we're cutting off our own potential. We're cutting off our own ability to engage in really meaningful conversations. Mm -hmm. So we have to put ourselves into those awkward, awkward situations and enjoy them and say, okay, I'm doing something new, I'm learning something new, I'm, I'm finding out who I am right right this. absolutely so. yeah and one of the things in terms of leadership training many of the things that we share with women require courage to yes. do because they're not comfortable right. doing them and that counter to and support of what you're saying is I it's we have to live by the mantra get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. Every time we're uncomfortable, that means we're doing something new, courageous, and bold, and that's what will take us there. Well, and if you have not felt uncomfortable for a long time, you probably have not been putting yourself in a situation where you can grow. Exactly. Growth requires being discomfort. discomfort. Yes. If, so you're, you're right. If everything is comfortable, you're yeah. not doing yeah. what you need if to you grow. If you look back on the last little bit of your life and you're like, hey, this, it's been a really comfortable period of life for me, you probably aren't doing what you're supposed to That's be doing. That's right. That's right. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So for whatever it is, business owners or someone that's uh, in a professional position, women have to do that. They also, one of the things that I really focus on is having women give up being perfect. Yes. We have an obsession with doing things right. The same thing we were talking about mm -hmm. even with husbands. They got, right. we want them to help, but it has to be done exactly the way we want to do it. Right. Uh, please help me with the laundry. But if you're going to help me with the laundry, please fold the towels exactly the way I fold them. Right, right, right. right. We have to give that up, and we have to give that up in the workplace yeah. because that is also something that stops us both as entrepreneurs and as women in the professions, if we don't delegate, if we don't allow people to grow and learn how to do something and do it themselves, even if it's not exactly the way we want to do it, not only will they not grow and they will leave, mm -hmm. but we will be stuck and we won't grow our companies or we right. won't grow our role into the next level of the corporate world. Right. And that, it's that perfectionism often that holds us back from doing that. Men seem to have an easier time being able to let go of some of those things and being able to say, okay, you do this project, you be in charge of it and just report back to me. That's right. Where women are so good at the details and we are so good at some of those perfectionist type ideals that sometimes it's harder for us to let go and say, okay, you do this, but I'm going to check up on you and make sure you're doing it the right way. and. That doesn't allow the person that we're working with to thrive either because I think everyone needs to take ownership over their own projects, over their own role, and they have to be able to grow into that. Uh, so our own perfectionism sometimes limits the growth potential of the people we work with. Absolutely does. It does. So it, it works both. It impacts the, wo the woman as the leader 
mm-hmm. and it impacts the people that work for them. Absolutely. Men, we have to understand, male brains, and this is a fact, and female brains are different. Right. Very different. And that's, it's the two, the brains are different, and the way we're socialized as children is different. We're taught, most girls are taught along the way, either by family or by their teachers, that they should be polite, they should not call out, they should wait their turn, they should um, keep your head down, work hard, and you will succeed, right? right. Boy, don't, don't speak until spoken to. Yep. It's, it's more polite to you know maintain a quiet distance than to be the animated, active participant in the conversation. And I think that's, I think that is doing a disservice to women. More than a disservice. It, it stops us totally in our careers. It's a total roadblock in our careers because we do it throughout school and it works for us in school. So it becomes a habit that we can't break. Right. So we have to learn new habits and that's part of why, part of why we don't have a voice. You know, it's not totally because the corporate world is often structured in a way that men don't really hear us, but we don't know how to get our voice out, and we think it's okay if we're quiet. Right. Uh, we talked about also yesterday at the uh, the CSW event, one of the things I shared is a technique that I teach women to use in uh, meetings where they are the min- minority with the men, and it's a technique called amplification. And that is where women, by the way, amplification is an example of women supporting women, which is critical. And that is, you're at a meeting, right? You say something, you make a comment, you make a suggestion, and then nobody acknowledges it, right? But then five minutes later, a man repeats exactly what you said, and everybody says, yes, John, what a great idea. Right? How many women, I mean, I ask that, and usually the majority of the room will raise their hand and say they've had that experience more than once. So what do we do about it, right? We just, usually we get mad and and we complain afterwards. But as women, that's the opportunity to support each other. And a woman that is at the meeting with you to be able to say, yes, that's right, Jane, or Jane, when Jane said that, I knew that was the right idea. So thank you, John, for repeating, for repeating what, what, what Jane said. said. See, we have to be, and uh, the way we language it is also we, important, not to make the men wrong, right? because sometimes they don't even know they did it. Right. Well, we, don't, we don't want to fall into the trap of pitting each other exactly. against one another. Exactly. Right? We want to be positive, and we want to bring out those beneficial qualities. Right. So if we can reframe and say... Something like, oh, you know, I just heard Jane say that, and I'm so glad that you thought it was a, as good of an idea as I thought it was. Thank you for, thank you for bringing our idea Exactly. To the table. That is the kind of way we have to go about languaging right. those situations. It's amazing how uh, just the simple reframing with language can mm-hmm. impact a situation. Right, right. So those are the kinds of things that we as women need to learn how to do so that we do have a voice. Right. And, um, and also, uh, even at a meeting, having a pre-meeting with the influencers. 
before you go into a meeting and get their buy-in on ideas that you might be wanting to bring up in the meeting. There are all kinds of techniques that we as women can use to make ourselves to be heard and to be more comfortable having a voice. Right. I've found in my own experience that taking a moment, yes, to make sure I've connected or contacted the people in the meeting before the meeting happens allows them to hear me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But then there are also some personal, like some strategies within meetings that I've found helpful as well. Sometimes it's as simple as trying to make eye contact with the person leading the meeting before I make the comment. Right, right. Because men tend to do that. They tend to be more successful at gaining and attracting attention Mm -hmm. before they speak. Mm -hmm. They make sure everyone is listening before they make their comment. Where women tend to just put the comment out there and hope the good vibes of the environment are going to bring it to the top. Right, right. Leslie, Leslie did something like this yesterday, and you want to talk about how that uh, happened with people looking at each other for three minutes? Right, right. Yeah. That was one of the things that Ina did right. with, the, with the looking at each other and getting comfortable just looking eye to eye. Right. You know, which it's, a lot of women are not comfortable with, you know? So, um, and I, you know, with the meetings, it is about also, I always tell women, get to the meeting early, get, you know where the leader's going to sit, sit adjacent to where the leader's going to see your, see you. Right. A lot of times women choose a seat that, at the back of the room, room. right, exactly. And, and they do not put themselves in a prominent place. So we need to be aware of all those things. Uh, we get there early. Greek people when they come in, yeah. talk to them when they come in. Make some of those, introduce yourself. Make some of those relationship connections as everyone's getting there. Meetings are great times to even just have conversational connections. Right. That then right. allow them to remember that you're there. Yes. In the yes. meeting. Executive presence is important. You know, all these kinds of things. That's important for uh, entrepreneurs as well as. Uh, women in corporate, being able to build your confidence before you get into the meeting, you know, trying to stand up, breathe. We didn't do any of that yesterday, but breathing, getting into a power pose Mm -hmm. and feeling more confident before you enter a room and speak. That's all devices that help you. With some of my classes before we before I have them do presentations, I'll actually get them all together. We'll, We'll gather on a presentation day, and I'll make them stand up and stretch their arms as tall as they can, and then we do breathing exercises. And they are so freaked out by this at first. They're like, this is the weirdest thing, I don't wanna do it. And I'm like, no, we are all, I'm grading you on whether you are doing this. But it is amazing how much just making them breathe, making them stand up, maybe do a couple of vocal exercises, Mm -hmm. impacts the quality of their presentations. Absolutely. So, and they think it's very weird. And then afterwards, they're like, I didn't get nervous at all when I was speaking. And, mm-hmm. and that was amazing. That's the first time that hasn't happened. Yeah. Leslie, how does, how does all this that you're talking about apply to a, a humble woman in Nigeria or a humble woman in Senegal, mm-hmm. a mother who, who is trying to rise above being raped and, and abused by her husband? How do these principles apply to them? What would you say to them? 
Well, to them, I would say it's there. They there are a lot of the things that we talked about could actually apply to anyone in terms of building your confidence to be able to speak out. And um, I I would say that the first thing before we go even into this is you need to gather a support network. That is the most important thing. And if they're in a country that they are, they need to have women around them and they need to talk to them on a regular basis. They need to bring them together, have a circle, have a circle of women that meet together every week or every other week to talk about their challenges and help each other. And then um, start with having that circle of women. Women supporting women is number one. Then when you have that, you look for the men that also support women and bring them into the conversation. And we talked about that, you know, when you talk about it in countries like here in the United States, where perhaps we don't have the situation of those countries, but yet we're being, uh, we have the problem when we're in business. And we talked about what kind, what can you ask men? How do you bring men into the conversation? And I think that that's true in every country. We need to bring men into the conversation. But first, have that support group of women that you can talk to all the time. Then start to look at how do we bring men into this to solve those kinds of problems that you bring up. You know, that... that um, there are so many men that don't want to see the bad things happen to women. And they can, they can be a voice of reason. Um, one of the things is uh, bystanders, having men speak out on behalf of women. And that is on every country. We need their voices. We need them to say, this is not okay. The way you are treating your wife, your sister, your daughter is not okay. And here's why. We need men to say that. And that's why we have to bring them into the conversation early and build trust with men that do care because most men do care. I found a lot of times with many of uh, the men that I have interacted with about issues like this, a lot of the times it's simply that they don't know what to speak up about or what is appropriate to speak up about That's right. or how to do it. And so I think in some ways we need to tell them. We absolutely do. We need to, again, step up and say, look, this is what I need. This is, this is how you can help. Exactly. We need to ask for their help and ask them, how can I help you help us? What do you need from me? What do you need from us? to make you to help you feel more comfortable helping us right. because they don't think they they're linear thinkers they think one way we are you know we think of multiple things at one time and that's a brain thing you know so we need to help them help us and we can say well when you see something can you speak out about it we need you to speak out about it how do you feel comfortable doing that how can we help you be more right. comfortable. How can we help you help us? And again, having it be a positive experience and a positive connection instead of a negative one. Exactly. Where, where there's blame or, or recrimination because, oh, you didn't speak up here. Right. Instead saying, you know, in a situation like that, this is what I would love to see. And, and giving them that expectation. Right. How, how, do they, how do they connect with influencers? How do these humble women then uh, they find their circle of support. Right. Then how do they make that connection with an influencer for someone who can really help 
help them move their vision forward? Okay, well the first thing is state your vision. Okay. okay, know your vision and share it with people. And let people know what your vision is. And then just ask and some of the things we talked about. Be curious about them, ask them, how did you get to do what you did? Mm -hmm. If they're a business owner themselves that they're talking to, ask the business owner, how did you grow your business, the male business owner or the female business owner? Tell me about that. Or how did you get to be the head of this organization? I would love to learn about how you did that. And then once you've engaged them by showing them that you're interested in them, then you can say, you can connect what you're doing to them and say, my vision for my work, whether it's a business or a nonprofit or what, my vision is, or our vision is this. I would love to know how your thoughts on how we can make that vision happen. What advice would you give me? So then you've created, first of all, when you, you're, you're creating a relationship. You've shown them you're interested in them, number one. People always love it when you're interested in them. This is true. Yes, and then you share with them that you, you want their advice, you, need, you want their support. And that's how it starts. That's how it starts. I will tell you that that's how I started all my businesses, that way. And that's how I've advised women to always do it, and it works. It works. I think, too, that this is part of the tremendous power of technology right now, uh, especially with social media platforms, because you can put your story out there and start building a digital community of people who share common interests. Uh, you can talk to and message people and build some of those same connections through, through technology, especially for people from other countries who maybe don't aren't going to meet influencers in their day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. So how do they meet those influencers? How do they make those connections? And they can use technology to do that. But they're going to apply the same principles mm -hmm. where they start commenting on other people's platforms and say, this thing that you're doing is amazing. Will you tell me about it? And then they can share, well, this is what I'm trying to do. It's similar. Can you give me advice? Right. And that can happen digitally. So. So even in situations where they, where they don't have the ability to meet face-to-face, -face, they don't have those networking capabilities. But how do you make those opportunities? It seems to me like the one-on-one -on -one, uh, connection is better. How do they get to the influencers? What advice would you give them to, to, to get to the influencers? Well, you know, I do believe in face-to-face. -face. Yes, as face much face as possible. Right, and 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 that that uh, that allows you to get to them because you show up where they're going to be. Right. You know, you yeah. show up. You go. You they're speaking. Go to hear them speak. Go up to them afterwards. Yeah. Say what you said resonated so much with Spend me. Spend your lunch hour going to the presentation, going to the lecture, going right. to the things right. that even if you have other things to do, you it's going to be more beneficial to be able to make those connections. That's right. And maybe they don't live that in that community, but then you could say, gee, would you be willing to do a, could I c communicate with you through email or something like that? And then if that, if it continues, you could even ask for a Skype or Zoom call right. with the person. Because the face, because we can't face-to-face -face and be on right. the other. I mean, I, I have a call with someone from Africa next week so we're doing it on zoom you know so there is is you can do so much digitally but then 
there is that face to face that makes a difference because let's face it all of us i mean i'm on linkedin how many requests do i get for people that want to connect with me everybody and and you all do we all do but how many of those people are we going to have time to really help them well you know digitally not there's there's just not enough hours in the day there's no opportunity in those sorts of platforms for any of the Type of socialization and connection that needs to happen. Right, right. Because it needs to be a little less formal. It needs to be a little bit more conversational. It needs to be a platform where you can say, hey, this thing this thing that you're doing is great. And I think, yeah, and I think you trust your intuition. Yeah, and why authenticity. Would I, why would I say to you, uh, would you please come and speak to our women? That's right. right. I, was, I was absolutely moved to go up to you and say, Please, would you come and let us record your presentation so that we can share it with these other women? I was, the inspiration uh, gave me the courage to, to, to come to you and ask you. Well, thank you. I mean, you, and that's, what you did is exactly what women can do mm-hmm. and should do. And the idea is that they can talk to someone and whether it's through a platform like this or be able to say, I've got a group of women in Nigeria that could really use your help. Would you be willing to do a Skype call with us? I'll bring them together. I'll bring a group of 10 together and you could talk to them for an hour. I would say yes in a minute. And so would thousands of other people be willing to do that. So sometimes it's those groups are very powerful. Being able to do what you all are doing here at at uh, Big Ocean, I mean, this is amazing what you're doing. We could multiply that a thousand times. We could really help women all over the world. And when we help women, we help men, we help children, we help everyone, because we are the catalyst. We do have the leadership we have the nurturing we have the caring skills we have we just have to put it out there and then multiply it that's wonderful you know so yeah. i i acknowledge all of you for the great work that you're doing and i'm i'm totally honored by Anne for inviting coming up to me i was thrilled that you came up to me <laughs> Absolutely I can't thrilled. I'm doing this, but no, I love oh, it. Because you I heard my that. vision anyway, didn't you? You, yeah. I put my vision out there. Yeah, right, exactly. And I, how do I make my vision? It's by I can't do it by myself. I need other people to help multiply it right. out there. Well, and we need to be the multipliers for other women. That's we, right. We need to look for those opportunities where we can help others, and in return. You know, expect that at some point they're going to help us. That's and right. And there's nothing wrong with that expectation. It's it's not expecting too much. No. It's part of a relationship. So we're so, so grateful that you come and spend your time. Oh with us my today. pleasure! Thank you so I much. thank you so much from you. Oh wow. my goodness! Thank you so much for inviting me. Just your example. Just your your demeanor and and the, the confidence that you excuse, but. But it's not just confidence, it is a real um, desire to connect. I mean, the, wow, what a wonderful gift you have. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I I don't think of it as a gift. It's just, I mean, we're just who we are, right? Yeah. I, and I, you know, we can't, all of us want to change. all the... have your glasses. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you do have fabulous glasses. Thank you. Thank you. The, the blue <laughs> underrims are very, very attractive. Your <laughs> <laughs> That's 
No, we got to change the world together. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have been listening to Currents, a podcast by Big Ocean Women. You can find us on the internet at bigoceanwomen.org, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Our guest today has been Leslie Grossman from the Executive Women's Leadership Program at George Washington University. Grossman is the mother of a son and daughter, and she is also a grandmother. Based in New York City, she thrives on constant learning and creating connections with others. She is a leader and volunteer in many organizations, including the board of Unleashed, a leadership program for middle school girls. She has won many awards, among them the President's Leadership Award from the National Association of Women Business Owners and the Women's Advocacy Award. This interview was conducted March 2019 on location at the Commission on the Status of Women in New York City. This is a reminder that the world is a big place and we are small people. But even small people can bring about big change. Our music is First Rain by Ian Post, editing and production by Ryder Hugh at Fifth East Productions. Please join us again for in-depth discussion about interesting ideas and fascinating people who are trying to make a difference in their communities.